you're listening to Torbay Hospital Radio in the afternoon. Okay, it's that time again on a Monday. It's Paul Norrish in discussion. Hi, and welcome to Let's Talk Charity with Torbay and South Devon NHS Charitable Fund. Um, Donations were made to support the NHS during the COVID-19 pandemic. They're now reaching local communities across the country. Eight local organisations in Devon received a share of half a million pounds as part of NHS Charities Together Community Partnership Grants Programme. The aim of these grants was to improve health for communities adversely affected by COVID-19 and to help alleviate pressure on frontline NHS services whilst it responded and recovered from the pandemic. We're lucky that four community organisations in Torbay and South Devon area were successful in becoming delivery partners. We've spoken to three of those, Healthwatch Torbay, Rowcroft Hospice and Step One. And we're now joined in uh, the studio by Torbay Community Development Trust, joined by a lovely lady called Karen, who we are delighted to have here. Hi, Karen. Hi, thanks for having us. Great. Um, who essentially is Torbay Community Development Trust? So we're a voluntary organisation uh, based in Torbay to set up um, and help local groups and communities improve the quality of their life. Uh, we work with large and small groups and, and different networks and neighbourhoods and individuals building assets and improving on services that are already in place, hopefully making Torbay a great place to live. Um, why um, was the helpline set up? It was around March 2020 when it clashed with the um, pandemic. Is that yeah. why it was set up fundamentally? Absolutely. I think, you know, as the pandemic hit, none of us knew what to expect. We were aware from the work that we were already doing that many people across Torbay already felt isolated um, and weren't sure what was going to happen in, in the coming weeks and months. So the helpline kind of sprung up overnight, really, just to, to be able to provide um, a friendly ear and and see how we could help and I don't think any of us imagined that two and a half years later we'd still be here so initially just for kind of a six-week period to to see us through that first lockdown and we know that that has gone on and you gave me some astounding numbers the, um, the number of calls that you've taken since March and that figure is now at over 50,000 since the start of the helpline in March 2020 so that's 50,000 phone calls which when it was 38,000 it was 400 a day how are you coping with that number of calls? Um, that's a question we often ask ourselves, to be honest. I think we wouldn't be able to do that without the, the local people that have been dedicated to helping us since the start. So all of our call handlers on the community helpline are local people that have volunteered their time um, and we train and, and support them to be able to take calls from the public. And we're averaging anywhere between five and 700 calls a week at the moment. Okay, so you mentioned there the volunteers and we know that the funding from NHS Charities Together specifically went to supporting that. It was around the rec- uh, recruitment of a volunteer coordinator. Can you tell us more about that? Yes, that's right. So we've got a volunteer coordinator um, in post now. Um, Anita has been in post with us since December time. And she works um, and dedicates her time to supporting those volunteers whilst they're with us. Um, but also goes out and about to create networks and relationships and, and talk about the opportunity that we've got for other people to get involved. So when we talk about the other opportunities, I think originally within the grant, it was around 50 people you were looking to. Are you, are you guessing that 
50, you need more people. We always need more people. I think, you know, if we say we need 20, then we can happily, you know, accept 30. Um, I think as the helpline gets busier and busier and more people are finding it tougher in current times, we always need more people to help us out, whether that is call handling on the telephone, whether that is being one of our rapid response team that might go in and help somebody that's been discharged from hospital, put the heating on or change a light bulb. It might be to go and get some shopping for somebody that can't go out. There are endless opportunities. So I'm just picking up on what you said there around getting busier. You were set up for COVID. COVID for a lot of people came along, was very difficult and went. We've now got a cost of living crisis. Is the helpline, you mentioned busier, do you expect it to be busier? Um, I think that's the one thing we've learned about the helpline since the start is that no two days are the same um, and what we think might happen on a day traditionally doesn't and it will happen two or three days later but I think we always anticipated that after Covid um, and we all started to return to whatever that normal was going to be and I, I don't think we still know that yet we always anticipated that there would be the unseen effects of Covid on support networks and on isolation and, and loneliness but also upon people that had had to change their line of work or didn't have that work any longer Um, and that's what we're now seeing so people now are coming to us with very different queries to they did from the start and i want to explore that with you on how that have changed so if we just go back to the kinds of support that was available through the helpline when it started things like befriending and prescriptions do you just want to tell us a bit more about that Yes, it was very much a practical element of support as we went into lockdown. Um, Practically, people couldn't go out. They couldn't continue to to see friends and family. They couldn't continue to go and get their shopping. Um, And for many people who don't have access um, to online um, shopping or or the internet in general, that suddenly then kind of elevated them into more of an isolation problem. Um, So many of our requests were around shopping, around prescription collections for people that couldn't go out and do that pharmacies were overwhelmed with delivery requests that they just couldn't keep up with um so we know that during that that lockdown period we collected over three and a half thousand prescriptions we've done over two thousand shopping trips so were you overwhelmed with supporters at that time you know people were looking at ways of getting out of the house i could volunteer yeah absolutely and you know for the public aside local agencies that were all pulled together to support the helpline um and the helpline is a although it's hosted by um the community development trust it's a group of local voluntary sector agencies that came together and, and has really provided the support from the start um particularly at the start of lockdown with staff working from home and the nhs was the same we had many nhs and, and council employees helping us take those calls and then as time's gone on we evolved into very much a volunteer core handler basis providing opportunities that for people that, that want to give some time back um, but for whatever reason are happy to do that from home so you're still doing some great stuff you continue befriending you're still uh, prescriptions benefits advice is your support now growing in breadth around if we think about around mental health and some of the things that you're now doing differently on the helpline that you weren't doing before it definitely is and I think that's the thing that we've all seen kind of evolve as the helpline has, has changed it's been very much a journey and and now what we're seeing are people coming to us in various forms of crisis um, with not one issue but maybe two three four and, and onwards we're seeing people that have been asked to leave their property because landlords are selling up or they can no longer afford their rent because the price has gone up you know the the shortage of properties available um, for people to rent is also an issue yeah. people cannot afford their 
Australia living costs, utility costs have gone through the roof. Um, and I think we have more to see, you know, more to come on that yet. And have you had any crazy requests of people phoning up? We we get crazy requests all the time because we're quite happy to talk to anybody yeah. no matter what they might want to talk about. So we've had some unusual requests. I think our favourite so far has been a request to um, go and help catch a pet parrot that is escaped. A pet parrot? Yes. So who calls the helpline thinking about this great service that you offer? Is it traditionally people, isolated, elderly, that are calling you? What kind of walks of life are they coming from, Karen? I think that's one of the great things about the helpline is there is no traditional caller. So anybody and everybody calls us. We have people um, that are working, people that aren't working, young people, older people. We have professionals. Um, you know, we have NHS employees, council employees. The helpline is there to provide support to anybody, no matter what you know background or or um, issue they're facing at the moment. So, and that's one of the things I think we do really well. Now we're just coming to the break. You've picked us. I'd like all the guests to pick a song. Who have you picked and why? We've picked the song Get Along With A Little Help From My Friends because I think that really sums up what the helpline's about. Great choice. Thank you very much. What would you think if I sang out a tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song And I'll try not to sing out
hi and welcome back to Let's Talk Charity with Torbay and South Devon NHS Charitable Fund. Joined in the studio by Karen from Torbay Community Development Trust. Fascinating, fascinating lady, great helpline that uh, is providing services for so many people across Torbay and South Devon. Karen, can you tell us about a recent success that you've had at the helpline? I can. I think this has been one of the most difficult things for us to answer because it's not often you find yourself in a job where you have so many successes to choose from. Fantastic answer, by the way. And I, and I think that's that's why we all love volunteering and working with the helpline so much. So um, one that I would probably pick, though, is, is a chap that was discharged from hospital after some very difficult circumstances, um, came back out into temporary accommodation, um, had recent bereavements, so had no local support network work at all and and, and and came out with nothing um, and was really quite unwell so over a period of six to nine months we've supported um, with food with help to advice with um, support around benefits yeah. uh, we've managed to get people out to deliver food to help with electric electricity costs um, and the journey that we watch people go on is, is a really satisfying one. And that particular chap now, after being in a really, really terrible place, is now looking to start his training as a volunteer call handler with the helpline. Fantastic. You know, I'm trying to work out whether all your staff have halos or capes. I can't decide. Um, you are also, um, the Torbay Community Development Trust is also involved in lots of other community streams of work. I'd like to touch on, uh, talk about some of those if we can. Volunteering. Uh, around the provision of training and support and also you help individuals find suitable volunteering opportunities can you tell us more about that Karen? Yes, so the the trust is really keen for there to be a, a one-stop resource around volunteering in, um, in Torbay where you can go if you know that you'd like to volunteer, but at this stage, actually, you don't know what you might want to do or you don't know really what your, your skill sets are. Um, so to make it easier for people to find local opportunities, uh, the, the trust are working really closely with lots of other voluntary organisations across Torbay to try and bring that together um, in one place that makes it easier for people to access fantastic volunteering shop absolutely um time banking very interesting this this is about giving um time to earn credits uh time banking uh, you're involved in that can you tell us more about what that means how how do people get involved in that so time banking is a is a fantastic concept um, and what it does is it encourages people to share their time um with other individuals and they might be other individuals they don't yet know so you may come to me for instance and you're no longer able to manage mowing your front lawn um, but you do need help at home with some um, some decoration yeah. um, but then we might link you with somebody that needs some baking done for a party that they're hosting and they're not able to bake but they are able to mow your lawn so the for, cake I can make is <laughs> banana I'm just putting it out there but that's how it works it's that's a straight it exchange works. it's a straight exchange so for, for each thing that you do you get an hour in credit and then you can use that credit against something that you need you know, to that's one with. of the things I've always wanted about I've got a ladder in the street um, if I went on my street everyone's most probably got a ladder we don't need seven or eight ladders in the street we just need one that we can share and do stuff for food banks you're involved in food banks this is the Torbay Food Alliance which ensures that no one in the bay um, goes hungry can you tell us a bit more about your involvement in that 
Yeah, so the helpline worked quite closely with the with the alliance when it formed um, during COVID. And what we've enabled um, the alliance to do is to link people that are using their services in with a wider range of support. Um, so instead of being able to approach a food bank and, and just receive food support, what we're able to do is link them in with support they might need to alleviate that situation moving forward. So on behalf of the alliance, if someone in, in um, Torquay or Paynton or Brixham requires a food parcel, they would call the helpline, we'll link them in with the support that they need and then arrange for the food bank to provide the food support. For, there's still a lot of taboo around food banks. If, if people needed help from a food bank, how do they go about asking for help? What would your advice be around that first step? I think that the first thing is, is that we're really keen to kind of break down some of those stereotypes um, because at some point in our life, we all need help from someone or, or some organisation. That's, that's just a fact. Um, and the people coming forward to us are from all walks of life. We have NHS professionals that come to us for a referral to the food bank. So, the, you know, the food banks that we're working with, they are a fantastic group of people. Again, volunteers from local communities that are providing that food support. They're supportive, they're non-judgmental, everything is confidential. Um, so I would encourage everyone to come forward because I think your experience with the food bank is going to be very different to maybe the, the stereotype that's there. Uh, one of the other streams that you've got on uh, your website, uh, Positive People. Uh, can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so Positive People um, supports individuals who are out of work to build their confidence and develop their skills, um, supports personally tailored to individual needs, and it includes help with personal development, health and well-being, and to develop life skills, it might include digital technology, for instance, um, but provides people with the support when they need it most. Um, as a charity... Um, maybe another difficult question I, I think you said to me we've got lots of challenges what would be your top two I think everyone that works in the voluntary sector always has lots of challenges but I think uh, certainly the one that we're probably finding the most is being able to continue with our activities that we know work so we'll receive a pot of funding for a project that project gets off the ground it's providing fantastic support mm. but actually the maintenance of, of that funding is really quite difficult because many funders prefer to give to new projects new and innovative ideas which is fantastic but it's then very difficult to maintain the good work that's already happening and we've recognized that with some of the grant application where we've applied they're interested in that you know the, the racy the you know the the attractive but actually some of the money needs to go towards some fundamentals um i actually recognize that how do people did you have another i think that's a big enough one for now uh, uh, great answer <laughs> um how do people find out more about torbay community development trust well, they can go to our website um, and, and have a look there. There's lots of information available for those that are online um, at www.torbaycdt.org.uk or they can give us a call on the helpline um, and we'll give them any information that they're needing. We're happy to talk to anybody. The telephone number is 01803 Thank you very much, Karen. It's been great to have you in the studio um, and I wish you every success. Great charity. Thank Get you. Get involved. You're listening to Torbay Hospital Radio.